Welcome to Founding Impact, where we talk about impact startup ecosystem in Europe. I'm Maciej Gałkiewicz. And I'm Kasia Zalewska. We are Impact Angel Investors from Ragnarsson. Hi guys, today we have our next guest, uh, Tobia, Tobias uh, Mateczlega from uh, Global Changer. He is the co-founder and, and CEO of this company. And you like to, to cover the topic of CO2 emissions and actually how different companies can decrease them. But maybe we, before we dive deeper into this topic, um, Tobias, it would be great to learn a bit more about what do you actually do. Sure. Uh, thanks, Maciek, and uh, also Kasia. Um, happy to be here. Um, basically, what we do at Global Change is we empower companies to reach zero emissions through knowledge and technology. So we have different um, software solutions basically in place helping companies to accelerate um, towards net zero and um, helping them set ambitious goals, learn everything around climate with our Climate Action Hub, um, automatically reduce the footprint and the emissions with the right measurements. And um, then we can also engage them through an employee app at the end of the day. So the same that we do for the companies, we can also um, help the employees to do the same. So it becomes a round picture at the end of the day. Yeah, cool. Toby, because uh, I was wondering, because everyone nowadays is talking about reducing emissions, so the topic that you solely focus on, and there is no doubt that we have to do it, obviously, but uh, I came across different opinions about how tough actually it is, and if, especially in terms uh, of companies uh, needing to, to reduce their own emissions. And can you tell us a bit more is it really that hard? Should companies be afraid of the process of reducing their own emissions? I mean, there's honestly nothing much to be afraid of. It's actually something to look forward to, I feel, because there's such a huge um, positive effects that it really can have on the companies and their business models, like being more green and being more sustainable. On the other hand, I mean, we have to be also realistic. It is something reaching zero emissions that nobody has done before. And we have to do it now in the next... I would say maximum 10 years to have like a real chance of achieving the 1.5 degree target or two degree target at all, right? Otherwise we are shooting way over it. So, I mean, for us, and I think also for companies, it, it's really exciting. It's a lot of change that, that will happen and needs to happen. But on the other side, it has, as I said, like a lot of positive effects as well. Yeah, but and I think it's worth mentioning that it's not only for big corporates like I don't know Exxon or all the oil companies, but actually for every single one uh, that is out there, right? Yes, definitely. I think everybody needs to play their role. Um, just relying on large corporations or just relying on politics. Well, uh, it, it, <laughs> we it, know it, what yeah, would happen, right? <laughs> it's a gamble I wouldn't take. So um, I think each of us can start also in our small circle of influence. Um, doing the best we can and improve. I mean, even for us, it's it's a change process, right? You're not becoming from overnight like this person who is the most sustainable. We have certain traits and certain routines. It's sometimes hard to break up. But as said, it's also a process. And I think um, as well as we do as individuals or smaller companies, medium-sized companies, but also large corporations, I think we'll all have to be part of this um, because otherwise, yeah, we, we we run into trouble, I would say. And uh, do, do you see any any patterns on the market? Like, for instance, I don't know, maybe bigger players are a bit more afraid of the situation because it's a it's a huge risk to their revenues. But maybe smaller players are more enthusiastic about this change. Like, do you, do you see any any kind of patterns, any any kind of waves of, of behavior of, of different companies? 
Yeah, I mean, especially in the last few years, it really accelerated that companies announcing higher climate goals, um, being more green, doing more this, um, etc. I mean, if you look at a large corporation, I mean, they have also a large workforce and ultimately through this already have a large impact if they make it um, over the line. Um, but then you see, of course, challenger companies who implemented green technologies um, or green business model right from the start and are challenging quite heavily the large corporations. I think at the at the end, it probably will accumulate the market. I mean, don't have to sometimes not a, a secret that large companies buy smaller companies and integrate their practices into um, their own. I mean, um, so this happens quite heavily. But yeah, I think as, as before, I think both large and small have to play their role but uh, that we see at least from our side helping larger corporations it has this tremendous impact straight away because you're affecting way more people than doing this with 100 or 200 smaller companies with just what much more effort. and if you would if you would look directly into european or even more precisely german market do you know how does it looks like like what percentage of the companies is really interested in the topic Ooh, that's hard to tell um i think it's the average i, I would make a separation right that they're interested in the topic and have to do something so it's, i think not everybody is interested but they have to act because of regulation i mean just looking at the eu taxonomy that is coming Suddenly, not 10,000 people, but 50,000 companies have to report emissions, but not only report emissions, but also make a clear path on reduction on how they get there. So it's not becoming this fluffy uh, non-financial report that you can do what you want, but it rather gets more advanced to a point where um, yeah, it becomes really clear on what needs to happen and also what, um, that they have to do something. So the, the whole topic is becoming more serious in that regard. You mentioned also already that reducing emissions actually is a process. So if it's a process, you need to start somewhere. And what would be the best uh, best starting point for, for companies to think about? Yeah, I mean, reducing basically every company can do from the start. You, you see and kind of over benchmarks and, and industry insights know where are the pain points, which are the highest impact drivers, which are quick wins. So you can go into reduction path without basically knowing your exact emissions because from other companies you can take some advantage of the steps they have been taking in the past. But at the end it gets more clearer and more precise if you know where emissions are coming from. So um, there are certain ways of carbon accounting um, that happened that you can do and then onwards it gets more clearer on how to reduce but yeah I mean reducing is something I think everybody can do straight away and waiting for example in large corporations one year or two year until they have a sort of a clearer picture of their carbon accounting that is two years waiting for what right I mean you can directly start and having the impact straight away so um, at least that's my opinion and then, of, of course, onwards, I mean, you need to involve different teams, different departments. Um, it's, it's not a one-man show, right? I mean, the sustainability manager, it's more like the accelerator and the implementer and, let's say, the kind of the man in the middle with the management. Um, because I think always you need to have the management support, somebody standing in front of the camera or saying basically, okay, guys, this is our direction. 
um, we are doing this now and those are the steps on how we are doing this. And from your experience, is there anything that really convinced, because you need to convince people, like you need to convince the people from your company. So from experience, is there anything that is really a good way to start with, with like, you know, turning their minds around? There is, is there any single or two things that you can do at the very beginning to get everybody on board? Yeah, funny enough, like the, the case really is most of the times now that implementing sustainability measures, it's not only costing them money, but after certain years of time, it gives them money, right? So it's becoming from this cost center, a profit center, and then suddenly you have other discussion because everybody understands, oh, implementing this helps me make money. Why are we not doing this, right? Another thing that we see more often now is that uh, in the bonus discussions or um, also another company um, that we do something with basically in every talks with the employees at the end of the year they have one kpi regarding sustainability suddenly everybody changes right um, because it affects their bonus or salary um, etc and uh, it, it's a mindset shift that is happening um, luckily but yeah i mean quick wins um, changing the energy provider, like making your building smart, um, electrifying your fleet. I mean, those, those things are sometimes obvious. So implementing the right travel policy that people are flying less, using the right cars, like all those sort of things. I'm having more regional food in the canteen. I mean, going into industrial processes. I mean, there are a lot of comparisons that you can take and uh, moving forward in the right direction. And yeah, companies sometimes know it, right? They know what they have to do. It's more like an implementation problem. When you say it helps people to make money, um, you gave a lot of examples when I, I assume it was more related to like the cost saving, like decreasing the cost of, of, of different um, expenses. But do you also see this as a, as a solution for them to increase their revenue in the long run? Yeah, now we are talking about going into the business models, right? Or having a, a new sort of like, um, product or anything that they're launching and yeah I mean there as well we see a lot of examples um, moving forward that helps them increase the revenue or diversify it and also shift it right so there's a lot of things happening and in all angles and I think it also needs to happen so this is a good part got it got it I've, uh, I'm asking I've, I've been talking with different um... Uh, startups uh, building uh, solutions for um, yeah, all sorts of companies and uh, many times they uh, they help them to be more visible as, as sustainable companies and it boils down the, the value proposition for, for their clients as, as, or their partners is to actually help them with growing their revenue because they do something good why don't we reach out to more people to do this good um, so it's, it's interesting that you also see it uh, from, from your end uh, and among your clients and, and potential VP, um, partners that, that you speak with. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm actually quite optimist because we all know that when money speaks, people listen. So when money is, money is you know, aligned with the sustainability, it's really kind of sad and optimistic at the same time, I would say, <laughs> that we can uh, use this effect to do some good. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure there's a lot of... That's a good conversation to have. I mean, like the, the EU was quite smart now, right? Going over banks and insurance companies um, with the regulatory, basically. And the banks are going forward saying, okay, sustainability is now a massive risk. If you can't, 
company A are not sustainable, we're not giving you the credit anymore or just the credit with higher interest rates. So suddenly the company from top level down has an interest to lower the risk. Lowering the risk means lowering the sustainable impact. And then suddenly, as you said, uh, money, money talks, right? And, and you're saying that like uh, in this example, you're saying that the ecosystem is actually supporting or forcing companies somehow to, to turn around and reduce the emissions. In your opinion, is there anything that could be more done easily or not uh, from the ecosystem to really support it? Is there anything, any part that is really missing and needs to be implemented? Any player, uh, any stakeholder that is not actually active in this area yet? I think in general, there needs to be a lot more knowledge sharing. Um, I think we're all sitting in the same boat and like building up your own sustainable silo doesn't help in the long run your company either because you can be the most sustainable company, but if everybody around you is not acting sustainable, still the end is the same, right? It's not looking good. So it also will not look good for your company. So. I think that's also what we're trying to do with the, the Climate Action Hub, like implementing this knowledge sharing across companies, across industries, but also within sectors to help accelerate the process. Because, um, I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, this climate change topic is, is massive, right? I mean, it can overflow you. Like, there's so much information. You need to find out the right sources. What can you trust? What cannot you trust? There's always more and more new studies coming out so it can be overwhelming so taking this out of the equation i think will help a lot moving forward um, and also will help a lot of other companies accelerate and not make the same mistakes twice because again we don't have the time for that yeah. so they, i'm a strong believer in, in this uh, approach that there's someone else who knows the answer to my question so yeah i align with your, with your opinion here so what you're saying is like um the community is um, getting stronger. There is an overflow of information. Somebody needs to make a bit more sense out of it in the long run. I mean, somebody in a sense of the community itself, uh, but it's not like there is like a major shortage of, of solutions helping, helping companies to actually move forward. Yeah, it depends on it. I mean, like before you had this climate tech wave before, right? Before the financial crisis, but then it didn't really take on after this. And I think one year, two years mm -hmm. ago, this whole movement started again. But now I have the sense and the feeling it is here, here to stay. So, I mean, sustainable okay. won't go away in, in the near future. Um, I think it will even become more and more. I mean, there's still a lot of companies out there that haven't announced any climate target, that are not doing anything yet. Um, we're still discussions and I think we need to get away from those discussions to really taking action. And um, yeah, it's rather the, the thing that I'm seeing. And more and more interesting solutions are coming out. Um, but I, ultimately, there needs to be way more. So. Um, yeah, it will be exciting news. Cool, cool. And uh, what would be your advice to to a startup founder at the beginning of of, of his journey with with his company uh, to uh, reduce um, their, their emission as a company? Like, do you see it as something feasible at this early stage, um, or maybe some, something that should be postponed, but because it doesn't matter that much? Like, do, do you have any any opinion in that regard? 
Yeah, I mean, it would make sense to think it from the start because, I mean, also on the small scale, um, it has a nice effect on your bills, I would say, a positive one. At the end of the day, I feel in, in smaller teams, I mean, our team, I mean, we're all about it, right? So um, we divided the tasks and everybody's doing in certain areas certain things. I mean, for example, you have the energy, like the, the building or your office, commuting, the transportation and the products you're using just to give you a few categories and within those categories you can take small measures and that add up and ultimately reduce the footprint of a company already from the beginning um, so i mean in small teams i would say in, involve your team right it's, nobody has to be the um the climate forefront and has to do everything but i mean somebody at least should be maybe the the coordinator um, but then divide the task within the team and I think then um, it's also a fun project on the side right um, so I think this is my recommendation not to uh, wait until you're larger but as I said in the beginning I think also we as individuals and therefore account also then smaller companies we can have an impact too so and this adds up Is there any uh, uh, like simple process that you usually follow to to implement such changes at companies. So like, I, I can assume that at the beginning you need to assess the situation and gather some data about your situation and then like what happens next. Yeah. So definitely this, um, I mean, we, for us, we do have quite a large data bank, um, of the right measurements in place. Um, mm -hmm. I think if you want to take it seriously, I mean, you can Google a lot of things and I think in a smaller company scale, you can achieve the right measures quite fast. Um, there are certain ways that you can do it. Um, and from the process, I mean, I don't know, you probably guys also used a CO2 calculator before yourselves, right? Um, I think the, the understanding part is also something good to, to find out at first, like where am I standing? And then from the categories, you normally see, okay, this is the, the largest impact. Why not focus on this first or this I can avoid or this I can change easily. And, and then suddenly if everybody of us can also like reduce their footprint by five tons, by six tons, I mean, this is also huge, right? If, if everybody in Germany would do this or in Europe, I mean, we wouldn't be in, in this uh, situation, but of course not everybody will be doing it. Also need to be realistic. How is this actually to get to the carbon neutral level for a company or even carbon negative, if it's even possible? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, it's possible through money as well, right? I mean, you, you buy certain carbon offset certificates or carbon removal certificates to really take the emissions that you're having also straight away out of the atmosphere, I think. I, I recently saw a study um, from an, an insurance company that, that looked out in the market, basically looked at all companies announcing their net zero target until when, and then went to their web page and basically screened it through carbon removal or complete carbon reduction and i guess i think it was 80 percent or 90 percent of the companies haven't mentioned carbon removal anything about it so this is kind of just from okay we're doing this now to actually doing this and knowing what it means I mean, there we have still a large gap and it is possible as of now i think becoming climate neutral with more traditional offsets I mean, you can do it today if you want, but being really net zero, I think this will take the market in general also a little bit because it needs 
the companies to scale, to have more certificates and more carbon removal credits available for the companies um, all doing this. But yeah, you have sustainability leaders like, for example, Microsoft um, or Stripe or Swissery going in the right direction. But even them, like it, it will take the next years um, for them also to be completely net zero. I, I really like uh, just going back a bit to, to the example with the calculator that you gave. Um, I remember when I did this exercise for the first time and at the beginning I had no clue what those numbers mean. And then I realized my, my footprint was like three sizes of, of earth. And it was really a, a super useful to, to put things into perspective and understand, okay, this is <laughs> three earths is not exactly what we have here on, on this one earth. Uh, so it was really a kind of eye-opening and also for me a better understanding what how different categories contribute to 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 the footprint. So I on the I did it on a personal level, but I can I can imagine how it can easily be maybe not easily but still uh, how it could be it could look like on on a company level with all the employees all the uh, supply chains that that the company has and so on. So. Uh, uh, great, great example and um, yeah, good reference point and kind of like a baseline to start from. Yeah, definitely. I mean, also to be fair, right? I mean, in the West, the Western countries are the major problem. Looking at it historically, cumulative, I mean, yeah. I think Europe and the US make up 80 or 90% of the whole CO2 in the atmosphere and, and the whole emissions. Of course, you have challengers now in a negative way, like China and India, like heavily increasing their emissions because also the countries are getting wealthier. But at the end, I think I read a statistic the, the other week that 50 to 60% of China's emissions are still basically for the Western countries or the European countries because of production and logistics, and etc. So. Um, I think, yeah, we, we need to look at ourselves quite heavily to, to change. I mean, to compare the global emissions per person, I mean, people in, in Africa or South America or in some countries in uh, Asia, I mean, they don't have that high emissions per, per person. It's rather, um, I would say, the Western countries like being way too high and that accelerated there in the last 20 years quite heavily. So. Um, there was basically no stop before. And, and speaking about this dec discrepancy between um, uh, richer countries and and uh, the ones who are less fortunate, um, how do you see the, the role of offsetting here? Like how it can help? Does it really matter in the long run? What's, what's your opinion on the topic? Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of bad behavior in the market, I would say. Like, companies basically paying 50 cents to offset their emissions per ton. I mean, come on, this can't be it. Right? It can't work. Like how, how should somebody imagine for your ton of CO2, you pay 50 cents somewhere else and they need to take care of that program or project through the years, because I mean, what does it mean? Like if it's two years ahead and the emissions go up again, it's like, it's not your guilt-free card to pay 50 cents and you're good to go, right? Um, but then on the other side... What, what should be the, the real price, more or less, the fair one? I think 50 euros upside. I mean, if you calculate basically the whole, not only the emission itself, but then the after effects into it, 
I would minimum say 50 euros, even upwards. Even. Looking at also the CO2 price that countries um, put, I mean, we're way too low in Germany, like way, way too low. I mean, even Sweden, when they're leading the way with 110 euros, I think right now 120, even this, like from all studies that shows it's also way too low. And so, um, yeah, we're quite far away from reality um, at the moment still. But uh, assuming that people per, per f pay a fair price for uh, offsetting, um, do you see it as a, as a major solution helping us to, yeah, because uh, to now, decrease the emissions? Or? Yeah, because then it's a, it's a simple calculation. Right? If going back to the money discussion, if you have to pay a certain amount, which is quite high for the emissions you put out in the atmosphere, and you say mm -hmm. you reduce your emissions by a certain amount, this gap can basically, you can directly budget in for reduction measurements, right? So it's a simple calculation. And then it, companies will do it by themselves to reduce the emissions. So it's this market mechanism that would come into place on, I mean, forcing not, but I mean, <laughs> if you want to have a, a sustainable business model, um, or, um, yeah, communicate it in the right way to your stakeholders, I think then you have an argument for reduction. So it's one of the mechanisms that, that I feel can have a good impact also for companies putting an internal CO2 price that each department, if they want to fly, they have to pay that price. And that money is used to, again, finance other projects um, within the company. So there, there are certain ways that that make it simple, right? Because you have a simple, quotation uh, marks, a simpler calculation then. I was, uh, so you gave this example about internal um, um, mechanism to reduce emissions. I was super surprised to learn about it. I mean, I think it's a great strategy. This, this is like divide and conquer instead of doing it only on the kind of top level of the company uh, by the board and uh, trying to kind of make the change top down. It, it splits the problems into into smaller pieces, and I hope it makes uh, for the companies to 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 to, to make it more manageable. Uh, so this is this is a very interesting uh, concept. I must yeah, say. definitely, because it also it it forces a little bit your employees to engage with the topic of climate. Yeah, and you have exactly. More touch points you have not only on the company level, but with each individual. The more you talk about it, the more it becomes obvious and the more, again, people change and um, then it becomes this full picture again. So you're optimist in general that the market will change and people will follow and uh, it's just, will, it's unavoidable or this you're more realist pessimist. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pure optimist, but uh, I, I mean, we're doing also everything that we can to help companies um, move forward quite fast. But on the other side, I mean, we have to be also realistically, right? That if, if nothing will change quite rapidly in the next five years, um, it doesn't look too good, right, either. So I think we have this window of opportunity right now. And um, mm -hmm. we don't have many chances to miss it. So, I mean, what, the other option would be right. Like, I mean, what are the other options? I mean, just putting my, my head in the sand and looking away. And, um, I'm definitely not. Go to Mars. Or go to Mars. Yeah. But then, 
think you have a whole lot of other problems um, to face. So. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pure optimist. I think so. this product we can run simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> how, how about you guys? Like, how do you, do you assess the situation? Or how do you feel about it? It's an interesting question. Um, I'm, I'm optimistic when the solutions like general on the market uh, also have a, have a financial incentive for, for different companies to change. But on the other hand, I also, I've spoken with companies um, without this incentive and they said they still are able to engage, for instance, with consumers. I was really super surprised that people were willing to pay for, let's say, uh, there was this company for, from uh, from Ireland I, I speak with and they have a B2C solution helping um, consumers to assess uh, the CO2 uh, emissions for the groceries that they buy. And then those people scan receipts. Uh, the receipts are being analyzed and there, there is a calculation saying, okay, this was X amount of kilograms of emission uh, related to those groceries and people actually pay to offset those emissions. And I was like, what do you mean they pay for it? But there is no other incentive for them to, to do it. Like there is no benefits, there is no magic stickers, no glory, you know, um, in, in the history. Like, uh, why do they do it? And uh, well, there is a need. They, they see it as a problem and they do it. So I'm also quite optimistic, um, especially when I see examples like that. But I also, I'm, I'm a realist, I would say as well. So the numbers need to uh, also be in place. So the revenue should be growing, the cost should be decreasing. And this is ultimately like a very good incentive for, for others to, to change. But I'm not saying everyone is selfish and only takes care about money, but it helps in making those decisions to, to implement such solutions. Yeah, I, I align with that. I think that uh, I'm generally optimist, but I think that something a bit more radical or drastic needs to happen actually to boost uh, the change because yes we're going to the right direction but it's a little bit slow and people are changing their mind but it's also a process so the best a bit scary thing that would support the process I think is if something really dramatic happened either like in I don't know climate disaster for fingers crossed it's not or maybe the governments are like you know putting very drastic law okay from now on, you need to cut your emissions, otherwise just close your doors. Something, this type of, of really radical move needs to happen, I think. I don't know what that could be, but uh, I think without something like that, we might be just too slow. The, the equivalent of the pandemic in, in the climate world. Yeah, exactly. Or in the business world, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's happening all over the place, right? I mean countries uh, running out of water um, due to climate. I think Taiwan has been the latest country that doesn't have any water anymore. So it, normally they got the water from the typhoons, but due to circulation changes, the typhoons are not coming anymore and the water reservoirs are not becoming full. So those things happen all over the place already. So um, I think the, the, the only countries that got away with it in a positive way still I mean mostly the countries who are doing the highest emissions still so this is a bit of and that's the problem exactly that's the problem unless they feel the pain yeah they we, want we, to we do anything sometimes stupid they're doing things proactively I mean this is 
I don't know why, but this is kind of in us. Um, it's, it's not going to work. Only change when it's too late. It, it works exactly the same in, in healthcare, I would say. Like whenever I speak with healthcare people involved in this industry, they always say it's cheaper to be proactive, but it never happens because people just, just don't do it, no matter the solution. Yeah, but this is now, like now they're uh, too close to look. The push now is coming then again from the insurance companies and the banks, right? Because they're running out of money, although they don't get their money back because of the risk. So they are now pushing companies to be more sustainable. So, and then, then you have the scenarios, as you mentioned, and um, it's getting interesting. Interesting is a good word. Yeah, I, I think it's a good time, a good moment to, to sum up a little bit uh, our conversation. And uh, the, the thing I got the most is that we should not be afraid of reducing emissions. And it's quite simple to start. And just it, because it's a process, you have to you have certain steps to take, but they need to happen simultaneously. Don't wait two years to assess your emissions before you start doing anything. And even as an early stage founder, you can do something. Correct? I'm with you, 100%. And the last one is that the thing that needs to happen is the knowledge sharing. So my last question to you, Toby, is actually, can you recommend any source of wisdom for founders in either a book or blog or database articles anything you think is the the really valuable i mean ultimately right i mean it's, it's the climate action hub from us no but i mean uh, it's, it's actually <laughs> obviously <laughs> <laughs> no it, it's definitely a, a good source and a quick start i would say but there are also good books out there i mean um, you can think of bill gates for example what you want but i mean he has this ability to summarize complex topics also in simple words and uh, the latest book of him um, I think it's it's pretty pretty good and, and makes it simple that we have to go from the, the sign number of 51 to, to zero and um, he lines up a little bit how we get there um, another book that I quite like was from from Jeremy Rifkin like um, I think it's called the Green New Deal or something like this and um, he does it more from a financial viewpoint with involving the pension funds like when is coal running out or going into this huge bubble so i think if it's more number driven i would recommend this book as well um, but yeah then again i think bloomberg is doing quite a good job with bloomberg green to summarize certain things in the right way there are all sorts of newsletters coming up and mainstream newspapers having now a climate section interestingly enough so there, there are also newsletters from there, and um, yeah, I think uh, choose the one that that you like the most, and uh, then then you're good to go. That's a good uh, good advice. Uh, I haven't came across the second book yet, so definitely I need to take a look at that. Uh, thank you for advice again. So, thank you guys very much for the conversation i learned quite a lot i believe also that anyone who would listen to us also get some uh, really cool um, information that might be potentially useful who knows so thank you toby thank you Marty, for being here and uh, guys uh, please stay tuned for our next episode you never know where the our curiosity will take us next thank you very much thank you so much bye bye thanks it was a pleasure